and I'm going to speak to you today a little bit on the subject of love. And I know we've, you've all heard a lot about love, so don't you know switch to another YouTube or Facebook, uh, Facebook channel. Just listen, because I believe that we'll learn something today, and I believe that a lot of the uh, issues that we encounter in our Christian walk are a, a, a result of us not walking in love. And we're going to talk more specifically tonight about living a lifestyle of love, not just, you know, I, I love here and there, but living a lifestyle of love. So let's look at First uh, John chapter 4. Uh, we're going to start at verse 7 and read through verse 12. And it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And notice that I, I didn't say that you know, God has love, but it says God is love. In this was manifested, verse 9, the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us, and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man have seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us, and his love is perfected or matured in us. You know, as ministers of the gospel, when I say ministers, I'm speaking of those who have a fivefold calling upon their life. Um, the, the majority of what we do is counseling. And sadly, the majority of that counseling, and I don't mean just at Faith Family Church, I mean in the body of Christ as a whole, the majority of what we do in counseling is relational. It's relationship-based, it's relationship issues. You know, very few times people come to us and say, I want some wisdom on uh, how to invest, or I want wisdom on uh, how to start a business. Most of the time, it's relational issues. Uh, even when it comes to marriage, most times people won't engage in premarital counseling. They'll come and get postmarital counseling after they uh, have some issues. So we want to look at the front end of this and see how we can begin to live uh, a life of love. And the title of the message, if I could give it one, would be Love as a Lifestyle. You know, so we want to make sure that we begin to change how we think about love. Uh, and what we're going to do, we're going to look at um, defining love. There are four Greek words um, that we use commonly for love. And one is agape, which is what we're going to focus on tonight. Then there's phileo, then there's storge, and then there's eros. Now, out of those four, only three of them are actually listed in the Bible by use and definition. Eros or eros, however you say it, uh, it's in the Bible in display, but not by use and or definition. Uh, and we want to make sure that, that we know those, but those other three should be outward expressions, really, of agape. Uh, so let's look at agape. Agape is the love of God. It's the God kind of love. And that love is unconditional. It's one-sided. It doesn't have to be loved in return. Uh, the way God loved us is he looked beyond all of our faults and he just decided to love us anyway because that's who he is. He is love. Um, you know, we look about, when we look at agape, uh, agape concentrates on the other person. It doesn't concentrate on itself. It looks at someone else and decides to give that person the advantage. You know, I always tell people that love gives the advantage. If you say you love someone, they should gain an advantage by being loved by you. 
And I'm not just talking about materialistic things or, you know, giving of things, although that is a component, especially of love. We see that in uh, John chapter 3, uh, 16, where God, it says, God so loved the world that he gave. So yeah, there is a component uh, in love that gives, but it's, you can't base the fact that you are loving on the fact that you give, because you know, you can give and you can take it back. But love gives, it gives with no strings attached. It's not based upon what someone does or doesn't do, what someone says or doesn't say. It's based upon just being love. Love is, it is, has no respect to a person. And you know how sometimes we say, well, I love this person, but I can't love that person. That's not true. The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. The love of God, not the superficial, not the worldly type of love, but God's love is in every born again believer. You know, there's a phrase that people say, and you know, you see it on t-shirts and stuff. It says, um, bear with me, God's still working on me. You know, that sounds good, but God's not still working on us. God has done everything that he's going to do. He's given us everything. He's given us his spirit. Now we may be still working on us, but God's done all that he's going to do. And that's what we need to do. We need to get to the place where we are working on living this uh, love as a lifestyle. It should be a way of life. Now, I'm not standing here before you telling you that I've always lived this way. You know, it's just been in the last four and a half years that I've made a conscious decision that I am going to walk in love regardless. There's been times in the past where, you know, I've, I've had different issues with people and, you know, they don't speak, I don't speak. And, you know, I had what they call the coming to Jesus meeting where God said, and I, this is how he talks to me. He said, okay, enough of that. You know, when God says enough of that, that means he's done with you acting a certain way. And you have to make a decision that I am going to do what God has called me and commanded me to do. And I can tell you, uh, there's no better way to live. You know, and I'm not trying to say that when you, you, you live love as a lifestyle, that there won't be times when you disagree with people. Yeah, you're going to have disagreements. But at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, you should walk away and y'all are still cool. Amen. Yeah, you still you should have the arguments or the, you know, and you do. You have arguments and you have intense fellowship. And you do. You speak the truth in love. It doesn't mean that when you speak the truth in love that it's going to be sugar-coated. No, it, it may be a little bit where, yeah, ouch, that hurt. But you speak the truth in love, and then you walk away saying, okay, I'm going to make whatever changes, and the other person decides to make whatever changes. But you make sure that at the end of that intense fellowship that you are okay. It's not that the next time you see that person, you're trying to avoid them, or if they you speak and they don't speak, then you get back into your little feelings. No, we're going to live love as a lifestyle. So let's look at uh, the command of love because we, we, we love when we feel like it. Love is not a feeling. It's really not. It's just like forgiveness. You just make up your mind. You're going to do it. Most people, me included, we don't feel like forgiving because most times we feel like we're right and someone else is wrong. You know, that someone done me wrong song that we sing. No, it's not about a feeling. Love is just who we are supposed to be. We are supposed to be God's representation on the earth. And, and who is God? What is God? He's love. So that's what we should be. And we're commanded to do it. Let's look at John. Uh, where do I want to go? One second here. Let's go to John 13. 
look at verse 34. And this is Jesus talking. Um, it says here, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. You know, we say that we love God, and of course we love Jesus, but if we're not loving one another, we're not loving our neighbor, then really it, it sounds good, and you may think that you do, but you really don't love God, nor do you really know God. To love God and to know God is to do what He tells you to do and to uh, conduct your lives the way He tells you to conduct your lives. And it's not like He gave us a whole lot. He said, love your neighbor as I loved you. When you look at God's love, God looked beyond all of our faults and He gave us Jesus to die for us. He didn't think about they don't deserve it. He gave because He loved us. Jesus loved us so much that he went to the cross. And he went to the cross for us now b before we were born. He already knew what we were going to do, the lives that we were going to live. Uh, he knew the, the rejection of him. He knew all of that. And love compelled him to go all the way to the cross. Do you really think that Jesus felt like being crucified? Do you think that he knew how we would act and reject him? That he, he decided that, you know, uh, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. No. He thought about it because it says he's asked if this cup may, can pass. But he said, you know what? Nevertheless, for love's sake, the will of God is going to be done. The will of God is love. So it's not about a feeling. Because it had it been about a feeling we would not have a savior because he didn't feel like it. And it's not about how we feel. It's a command. And we have to, uh, if we're going to say that we are followers of Christ and we're lovers of God, then we need to do what he told us to do. And if you think about it, if you do what he told you to do, to love one another, then all that other stuff will be taken care of. You wouldn't lie. You wouldn't cheat. You wouldn't be jealous. You wouldn't be envious because love, that, that's, none of that's in love. So we have to, first of all, look inside ourselves and say, okay, you know what? I may have been born again for 20, 30, 40 years, but if I'm honest, I have to say, I have not perfected love. I don't really know God. I don't really love God. Because if I did, I would do what he told us to do. And I know that's probably a little hard pill to swallow, but we all must face the truth of the matter because if we do what he tells us to do, then we know that we love him and we know who he is. All right, so let's look, um, let's talk a little bit about the mindset of love. You know, because I think about uh, in my life here recently, I've, I've changed my mind about some things and I've set my mind towards some things. I've changed my mind about the way I eat. I've changed my, I've changed my mind about the way I exercise, which is something that I absolutely used to hate. Uh, and some people may say what I do now is not exercise because they don't consider walking exercise. But for me, it's exercise. Okay, um, but what I had to do, I had to change my mindset, how I thought about uh, eating, how I thought about this. So now we have to change our mindset about love. One thing we have to change our mind is that, again, it's not a feeling. The second thing is it's a command. So now that we embrace those things, what is the mindset of love? And when I speak of the mindset, I speak of a disposition of the will. 
you have to make up your mind that this is what you're going to do. I am going to do what God says. And once your mind is set, you have to keep it set. You don't go back and forth. You know, I'm going to do it today. I'm, I'm not going to do it tomorrow. No, I am set. The Bible talks about uh, setting your face like a flint. You know, just get your mind set and keep it set on what God has commanded you to do. The love mentioned here, um, when we talk about the, the agape kind of love, it's intentional and it's purposeful. It's not something that, you know, no, I am intending, I am setting myself that this is what I'm going to do. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and I know you've heard it and you've read it, um, but we're going to do it again. 1 Corinthians 13, uh, chap, uh, chapter 13, verses 1 through 8, and I'm going to read that in the Amplified Bible. If I can speak in the tongues of men and even of angels, but have not love, that reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion, such as is inspired by God's love for and in us. Remember, we said the love of God has been shed abroad in us by the Holy Ghost. I am only a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose and understand all the secret truths and mysteries and possess all knowledge, and if I have sufficient faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, God's love in me. I, and I like to say God's love operate, God's love in me operating outwardly. Because we have it in us, but it's not operating outwardly. I am nothing, a useless nobody. Even if I dole out all that I have to the poor in providing food, and if I surrender my body to be burned or in order that I may glory, but have not God's love, God's love in me, I gain nothing. Love endures and is patient and is kind. Love never is envious or boils over with jealousy. And I'm going to stop because we're going to go back and dissect that in a minute. But I want to talk about uh, this love being intentional. You know, Joshua 1 and 8 tells us that, that we need to meditate the word of God day and night, that we may be successful and prosperous. And it's not just talking about financially. It's talking about every area of life. But I believe that if we would meditate on the word of God day and night, really, then we, we, would, we would stay in this love as a lifestyle. You know, Jude also talks about, you know, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost to do what? To keep yourselves in the love of God. If you are doing that, then you are maintaining love as a lifestyle. And I would venture to say that when there's a lack of love, there's a lack of meditating the Word of God. It's almost, almost impossible to have spent time meditating, meditating, not just a surface reading, but meditating in the Word of God and get up and go and live a life that's opposite of love. I mean, it's, it's hard for me to do. And when I find myself not really walking that and living that lifestyle of love, I, if I go back and check, it's been one of them times when I've gotten busy and my meditation, yeah, I'm reading my chapters one in the morning and one at night, but my meditating on the Word of God has slipped somewhere. But if you're meditating the Word of God, if you're building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, and that's why it's so important for you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, because you build yourselves up and that will keep you in the love of God. So we have to make sure that, that we do that. Our mind should be set on living a life of love. 
And you know what, when I think about the last four and four and a half years of my life, when I tell you stress-free, other than getting before this camera, my life has really been stress-free. Uh, not having any issues with anyone. Now, I can't say whether anyone has issue with me because right now, because I have made a decision to live a lifestyle of love, I'm not concerned with what they feel. Now, if there's something I need to address, I need to find out if I offended someone, that's fine. But I'm not going to alter my lifestyle of love because someone else has an issue. I'm not going to go to bed in my heart mad or at odds with anybody. I'm just not going to do it to, from this day or from four and a half years ago to the day I, I leave here, this earth, by way of the sky or by way of the grave. I am going to live a lifestyle of love and I'm going to live a lifestyle of peace. Because it's so easy, again, to just have conversations. A lot of times things have been misconstrued, misunderstood. If we just take time to have conversations, allow that person to explain uh, what they heard, what they thought, and give you opportunity to explain, you know, yeah, I didn't mean that, or yeah, I did, and I, I'm sorry. You know, it's okay to, to apologize for things. You know, to say, you know what, I didn't, I didn't mean it, or you know what, I was having a bad day, I said that, and I shouldn't have said it. You know, we have to get pride out of the way, too, that we can admit when we're wrong. You know, uh, one of my pastors years ago told me that, that I have a dogmatic tenacity to get to the truth. And I'm thinking, hmm, that's not a bad thing. But the part is bad if it's dogmatic. You know, if you know someone's not telling the truth, it's not necessarily up to you to expose that. God will expose it like God exposes stuff about you. And you don't want God to expose stuff about you. You want him to do that in secret and private. So do that for other people. But when you have conversation, let it be between you and them and say, you know what, but this happened, that happened. And that way we can all come together, talk about it, hash it out and go on and continue in this life of love. Because that's what God has commanded us to do, to do. And, to, and I will no, not even to do, to be. We should be people of love. You know, we think about uh, the, the millions and trillions of people on this earth that still need to be born again. I know it's not going to be acceptable to God, but some of their excuse is how they see us treat one another. You know, so we have to do better. You know, sometimes in, in your biological family, you kind of let your hair down to act any kind of way. And that's not good because now they don't want to get born again because of how you're acting. This, again, it should be a lifestyle, not a facade, not a mask that we wear, but a lifestyle of love. And that's what's going to draw the world to us. You know, people should really, uh, after having encountered us, they should sense, maybe they may not know God, but they need to sense that it's something about him, something about her. And they should feel like, okay, you know what? I, I need to talk to them. I need to, I, I, I gravitate toward them. That's how they did Jesus because of his love. They, the multitudes, they thronged him. That means they just gathered around him. But because of his love, if nobody wants to be around you, you need to check your love meter because something's wrong. Because we should be like a magnet. People should be drawn to us because of the love that we have for them. You know, and another thing I think the issue is we use that word love so loosely. Then the Bible tells us also in John that, that we're not to uh, love the world nor the things of the world. You know, we say, oh, I love that car. I love that house. Well, we're not supposed to. Yes, God's given us all things to enjoy, not all things to love. We love people and we enjoy and like things. But because we throw it around so loosely and we fall in and you don't fall, you don't oops and trip into love. So you don't, you don't fall out. 
But because we use it so loosely and it does not have any true value, you have people loving uh, today and uh, we fell out of love the next day. And that's the main cause of divorce. People aren't walking in love. Love is not selfish. Love is not saying, oh, well, they didn't do this and I'm tired of them not doing this. And why do I have to always be the one to apologize? Why do I always? All well, that's love. Love is always doing those things. Love is always apologize. It's not looking to say, well, I apologize 10 times. When are they going to apologize? It doesn't matter what the other person does. When I read this Bible, me, when I'm reading it, God's talking to me. He's not talking to the other person at that time. He's talking to me. So it's telling me what I should do. And nowhere in the Bible have I found, and I've done a search for it before, where I found that whatever we do should be based on feelings or based upon what someone else does. The commands that God gives us are individual. He's telling me, this is what I need to do. And it has nothing to do with what anyone else, is, anyone else, is, anyone else does. When I sit down and talk to God, I can't go and say, well, you know, so-and-so did this. He's not interested in that. He's interested in my response. What did I do? How did I respond? And my response to him had better be that I responded in love. If not, then we're going to have to go back and start all over again because that's what he's expecting. He's expecting me to come and say, this happened, but this is what I did. And that's when we get the well done, when we do what God's called us to do. So let's look now at the lifestyle of love. That's going to take us back to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we're going to start at verse 4. You know, we really, this is the life that we really want to live as believers because this is the life that's uh, pleasing to God. When we choose as a mindset to live our lives in love, as a lifestyle, not as a fad or something that's passing, but as a lifestyle, that's pleasing to God. And there's no better feeling than to be pleasing to God. All right, so let's look at verse 4. It says, Love endures long and is patient and kind. So that talks about, you know, if you have to be the one that's always making the concessions and the one that's always apologizing, well, it tells you right here, this is what love does. Love endures long. It's patient. It's, it's going to keep doing what it's supposed to do. It's patient and it's kind. It's not patient and saying, okay, I've been doing this forever now. We, no, that's not patient and that's not kind. You just Patience is doing the same thing regardless of the circumstances changing. You're going to stay the same. So it's patient and kind. Love never is envious, nor does it boil over with jealousy. You know, we have to not stop being jealous of people. You know what, what God has for you, you you're going to get it. If, you know, and this, is a, this is a check. When you don't get the things you're believing for, check your love meter. Because faith, what? It works by love. So if you're not walking in love and you're not seeing those things manifested, then that's not, it's not the devil. I hate the devil, but he gets blamed for a lot of stuff that has nothing to do with him. It has to do with you. Well, it has something to do with him because you're allowing him to use you. But basically, it's because you've made a decision not to do what the Word says. If you're not walking in love, your faith is not activated. It's not really working. So you're not really in faith. And you're not really in hope. You just, you just got this on your wish list. Maybe that's what it is. So you need to get it off your wish list, get it on your faith list, and get it activated by love. It's not conceited. Well, let me go back. It's not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily. 
You know, even as sometimes as believers, we, you know, we just like, okay, I'm, I arrived. No, you haven't arrived. So don't be haughty. It is not conceited, arrogant, or inflated with pride. It is not rude or unmannerly, and it does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, which we know we have, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. And that's the whole issue. We always want what's, what's right for me, what they did to me, what I want them to do for me. No, it's not about you. It's really about them. It's about giving them the advantage. Let, let you know, make allowances for people. You know, don't just always, it's all about me, it's all about me. That's a sad song. That, that, that key of me is like, ugh, we don't want that. It does not act unbecomingly. God's love in us does not insist on its own rights or its own way. For it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. That's an accounting term. You're not adding up. Or you did this last year, you did that the year before this. You know, you always, that's something, get that out of your vocabulary. You always do this or you never. That's not good in any relationship, friendship or marriage. You always, you never. No, get that out. But once and for all. It doesn't take an account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffer wrong. Now I know that may seem hard, but it's like, you know what? When you give people the advantage or the benefit of the doubt, that's where that comes in. You know what? Something's going on within the day. They didn't really mean to say that. Let me pray for them. And you know what? There's no way that you can really pray for a person and still be mad at them. Not praying to God, God help them because they got issues. No, when you really pray for them and ask God to resolve whatever it is that's causing them hurt or pain, but really pray for them, there's no way you're going to stay mad at a person. But give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, we all go through stuff. We all have days where we get up and everything's wonderful, then it just starts going downhill. So you know what? Cut people some slack. You want them to cut you some slack. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. It is ever ready. I love this. It's ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are faithless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. Love never fails. It never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. You know, love, you don't fall out. You don't give up. Love suffers long. It hangs in there because it's given the person the benefit of the doubt. You know, we have to get to the place where love is our lifestyle, that we're doing what God's called us to do. Purpose in your heart that you're going to change your mind on how you think about love, agape, the God kind of love, the love that God is, that same love that He's deposited into us. We have that love, and we need to walk and live our lives based on agape, the unconditional love of God that gives the person, whoever we're dealing with, to give them the advantage. The irate cashier, whoever it is, we want to always give them the advantage and to be God's representation of love on the earth. I trust that you gained, you gained something tonight. God bless you. Have a great evening.